It's important to say for anyone that's listening that this is not a therapy session for sideliners. Omis, welcome to Agora Offsiders. I'm your host, Shark11. Joining me today will be Wagmi and Stablino. Today we'll be discussing, as ever, the news around the Omiverse, the economy and crypto in general. Laughs will be had, crying will be had, good times will be had. But as ever, none of this is financial, accounting, legal, or any other type of advice. It's not a serious podcast. You shouldn't take what we say seriously because we probably uh, will get it wrong. Whatever. Anyway, let's get to the podcast. Welcome to this week's Offsiders. I'm your host, Shark, and with me are my co-hosts, Stablino. Hello, Stablino. How are you going? Aloha. Another grand day in paradise, without a doubt. <laughs> Yes. And uh, wag me, of course, as ever. Hey, guys. Spring in the step this morning. <laughs> Old Jerome's come through yeah. for us. <laughs> so we're recording this about, yeah, a couple of hours after uh, the Federal Reserve meeting. Um, and yeah, markets are pumped. I think we're at 25k for Bitcoin and nearly 17 for or 24 and nearly 17 for Ethereum. So we saw this week that the um, backing rate was like uh, moving up and um, I think it's around $11 now. And then the uh, range bound stability system moved up the uh, the the upper lo, the lower cushion and the lower cushion is now at like ten dollars ten so i think if you bought back in september so we're trading at 10.22 now the lower cushion is 10.13 so if you bought at the end of november you would have paid seven dollars eighty for one ohm and now you're sort of essentially the range bound stability system is keeping you above a dollar uh, uh, sorry ten dollars 13 cents so uh, like and that's with inflation on top of that so the seven percent apy been pushing more ohm into the market um what did you guys think about this wagmin did you this is it in action right yeah i mean this is this is what it's all about so um the there was a there's an update to the liquid backing which was pushed through taking us to 1096 and the um uh, you know the, the all the cushions were were um, adjusted accordingly, uh, and the market has has started to um, to trend in the in that direction. So we're now trading back above that lower cushion of ten thirteen, um, and the the protocol hasn't had to expend um, any material resources to um, to support that. So um, I think this gives this will give people a bit of a sense of what. Um, what will happen as as we move into a uh, um, you know a more conducive market environment and some of our um, treasury assets start growing in value? Yeah, when people find out about that berry chain allocation, eh? <laughs> Are you allowed to talk Sabrina, about that? That's, that sounds like it's some, a public. Uh, it's a public. It sounds like some alpha there, Mark. It's it's on the governance forum, right? Yeah, exactly. What did you, well, Stablino, um, what did you think It's about been it? great to see it in action, especially being one of those folks that uh, managed to, even with my sideline self, make some smart purchases uh, in that, that $8-ish mm. range, right? Um, at the same time, you know, I, I 
am understanding that if we had some volatility down and suddenly we had a you know had a, a correction in any of those volatile assets in the treasury right that the liquid backing would would go down too right it's not just some some magic right yeah not exactly right? not a one way so, bet. Um, that said, uh, very good, feeling good about my point of entry, right? And I think it's just great that, you know, when we talk about yeah. dot plots and other stuff, right? The kind of monet to have transparent monetary policy. I wish that was the way it worked for most central banks, right? So I I like the way that we're handling it with Ohm. Definitely. Um. So. so just go hold on. on a second though, Verichain. Oh yeah, you want to talk about it? What do you? What do you? No, got? I want. I want you to. I want you to tell us about it. So. <laughs> All right. So. I'm sitting on a bag is, here. Yeah. So this is. Um, incubator got a lot of a lot of crap, you know, for for like um, you know not not kind of living up to to what people thought it would achieve blah 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 but like you know there were some cool things that came out of like kind of having people there like you know sniffing around for some good good little projects for the dow so that's so that's how we got the jones allocation which is like you know 1.2 million dollars now or something and then we're also um sort of negotiated this thing with berry chain because they were looking for someone to kind of be you know an established player to kind of be the lead sort of um investor for Berichain and um yeah so this was kind of negotiated and then it was put on the forum and like people were like hold on we're not a vc firm we're a decentralized reserve currency but um you know we made an exception i think as the community and the community endorsed it and vote for it so what happened was uh we paid the Berichain foundation 500k um and we're entitled now to two percent of Berichain. Um, most people don't know it, but it's like sitting out there in the open. Sounds um, very yeah. bearish. <laughs> well, it's not included, obviously, in the dashboard, that allocation. And uh, there's other stuff that's not included in the dashboard either, like um, like uh, the redacted allocation, you know, which is like, you know, 10% essentially of redacted, which is, you know, tra what are they trading at now? They're like, up. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, three hundred dollars, thirty or forty mil. Yeah, I think it's like fifty-five mil fully diluted. Like, there's there's a bunch of stuff that's not not on. Yeah, um, I, I, I sort of. Um, I think people will be surprised by some of the reflexive uh, assets that the that the Dow um, holds. So, um, yeah. you know, the, the, the other one, which I think is a real sleeper is, um, is Klima, which is, um, uh, you know, absolute, favorite bank. <laughs> absolutely, um, you know, uh, washed out and forgotten and, um, you know, uh, yesteryear's, um, concept, but they are a key partner of, um, Olympus and, um, the treasury holds a very sizable, um, stake in there as well. So. Mm, as as we move into uh, what I've described before as a more conducive market environment, I think you'll suddenly see um, quite a big uplift in some of these um, volatile. Um, Comedians is a chad. <laughs> yeah, definitely, and then that will be. <laughs> 
So I think, yeah, so we got 3.6% of all Klima is sort of sitting there on our balance sheet. So, um, But yeah, I think carbon is definitely definitely something that is will get a lot of speculation on its value um, if we move to a sort of more risk-on environment. And then Klima will probably like, you know, just turn around and reflect that based on you know, all the assets in there. Potential for some cool. long tail. Yeah. Um, yep. All right. Let's move on to the next topic. I know you're uh, <laughs> you're thinking uh, that uh, uh, macro is kind of uh, a sideshow um, and we're not necessarily that correlated. But I mean, yeah, the markets really kind of liked what they got. And it seems what they got was exactly what they were expecting, which was the 25 basis points and then some hawkish language from Powell. Um, I just I just don't know what they could have done outside of a 50 basis point rise that could have changed anything. Like I don't I don't think he could have said anything that would have made the markets behave any different than they did. What do you guys reckon? No, I just I think it he would have had to said some really hawkish things. I personally was uh, thinking potentially uh, that the 50 uh, BPS could come through and surprise the market. But, um, you Um. know, I uh, am learning why I was wrong as I do more research around futures and (laughs) and how these uh, how these markets become, quote unquote, a, a lock. Right. And what kind of signals? Yeah, right? that's right. So, you know, you that was learn. in the notes I sent around. I said it was a lock, so <laughs> that's why. Hmm. Go on. But it's it's all I'm good. I uh, I still have some exposure, right, and have had. I uh, thankful for my limit buys back in November, um, and and was able to slurp those dips. So, um, I'm not riding up. I'm still yeah. on the sideline, right, as much as. Some people, but I'm definitely not 100% in stables. So, yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a slightly exposed as well, not too much, but uh, not, not on the. I wouldn't say I'm sidelined, um, but yeah, I think Wagme is definitely the one with the spring in his step this morning. How, how, how do you see it all uh, unpl- uh, fall, fall well, down, unfold? I think yeah. it's, it's important to say for anyone that's listening that. This is not a therapy session for sideliners. You know, this is a <laughs> this is an upbeat podcast where we're we're sort of forward looking and we're um, you know we, we believe in the vision of where we're going here. But um, yeah, it's all in the price action, isn't it? It's um, it's it's um, caused some people to um, to to think that they're they're underdone on their exposures, and I think you saw that with some of the um, the crypto Twitter banter in the past few days with a lot of um, people who are fundamentally bullish um, starting to trade this as a as an event um, where um, you know they're really trying to um, predict what happens on um, you know the, the words of a of a speech. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's obviously um, more of a risk on attitude now. Um, again, this might not be uh, of great interest to um, to a global audience, but. I think um, sitting here in Australia, you're starting to see a bit of a um, divergence now between the the task at hand for our central bank versus um, versus that of the Fed. And the Fed seems to have a bit more of a, a, a smoother pathway in terms of their um, inflation outlook. 
Whereas yeah. um, where we sit here, we're, we're running quite hot at the moment and I, I just don't think they'll be able to justify um, this um, uh, tapering at the same sort of pace. Yeah, I mean, last week we saw Canada said they were going to put rates on hold. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what other countries are doing. And on that front, we keep on seeing China doing stimulus. So that's mm-hmm. um, with cross-border CAPA people um, following that who we follow. Uh, what did you think about that, Stablino? Is that something you're keeping an eye on? Well, I'm I'm paying attention to the best I can, not being as... The way I'd say it, I have a minor in economics that's about as good as staying in at a Holiday Inn last night, right? Um, <laughs> so it was enough to to watch the crowds move back in the day, right? Or back back a year ago. Um, for now, I'm I'm just trying to understand how the all of the different central banks kind of inter integrate together. And how the like the Bank of International Settlements um, works in that system, right? So a lot of research and just kind of educating myself. I know Europe, um, the ECB is tomorrow, and I'm you know I don't know, but they're they're talking fifty basis points, and I'm I'm imagining that's that's kind of a lock, so to speak, right? Um, from the signals they send out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Wagme, have you been keeping an eye on China? Not, not particularly. Ma- mainly because I I find it very hard to um, sort of get a verifiable read on um, wh- what's actually happening and what the the consequences of it are. So, um, yeah. you know, probably data China. can be a bit dodgy. Yeah, the data, but also the um, you know the intention behind any particular statement is sometimes hard to get a um, a clean read on. So it's it's not something that I spend a lot of time um, focused on. Mm. Yeah, and then um, we'll finish on macro. Um, but I listen to um, Blockworks Empire podcast with um, Santiago um, and Mike, one of the, one of the Blockwork founders, and they just sort of do a roundup each week and have a guest on usually as well. They had uh, Hal Press from Northrop Digital and he's kind of one of the big sort of players in pushing this LSD narrative. Um, He's been quite influential in that. And he used to be a um, work for um, um, Morgan Stanley and he, his desk was like dealing with um, micro, um, processes um and he said that he's been talking to people in the industry and he uses that as kind of a um a a measure for sort of inflation deflation because like they're quite it's quite sensitive to sort of supply and he's like this said that the people that he's speaking to uh it's the biggest over oversupply of stock uh in like a generation so he's he's actually um put it out there on the podcast and he was quite firm that he thinks, you know, we're looking at deflation sooner rather than later. And, um, yeah, I kind of, I kind of like, it kind of makes sense as well. Right. Cause, um, there, there was all that production, um, and now kind of everyone's tightening their belts a bit. So where supply going to go eggs excluded, obviously. Um, what did, what did you guys, uh, think about that? Um, Wagme, we'll start with you. 
Yeah, well, I, I really like Hal um, and respect his opinion. So I think it's um, it, it's definitely worth listening to his his take on that. Um, and I think that's that's kind of what you need to do. You need to look at some of those um, real world indicators that have a um, a Western um, touch point to them to to get a read on what's actually happening over there. So um, that's an interesting one. Um, Yes, I, you sort of touched on the fact that he was early on this LSD narrative, um, which, which is right. And um, he played Lido um, and Rocket Pool quite well. And interestingly, I think in more recent times, he's started to take an interest in the, um, in the Frax model. So um, oh, yes. it will be interesting to see if he comes out with any, um, any perspectives on that after he's, he's finished um, doing his work on it. Yeah, definitely. Um, Stabilino, did you have any thoughts about whether or not we might see some deflation? Well, when it comes to Hal, I definitely have seen his uh, the algorithm on Twitter starting to push him through to some tweets and whatnot. So I'm I'm still learning a little bit about what uh, what he's about, right? So I. Um, you know, I I think that I don't have a really well-established opinion. You know, I have some idea that yeah. deflation is definitely something that is potentially that could come. And, you know, from whenever I see the CT folks talking about it, right, like uh, Pentoshi, right, the penguin, one of the guys who saved my butt last year, right, um, I, yeah. I do think a period of deflation is is possible. But, you know, I can't say with a, a highly educated <laughs> opinion on what we might see yeah, or not. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that doesn't, just because even if there is deflation, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to um, rip rates down either. So, well, the, other um, thing, yeah. the other thing as well, though, remember, is you, you might see, um, you know, uh, short-term or periodic deflation in, in certain categories, but that um, is unlikely to permeate the whole pricing basket. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see, um, you know, discounts in some um, consumer goods rising, for example, um, and maybe yeah. some of the commodity driven um, uh, sort of inputs um, leading through to, um, to lower pricing in the, in the final product. But things like, um, you know, rents and, um, you know, f um, food items and things like that, it's unlikely that you're going to see that going down. Like, I, I don't expect that yeah. you're going to rock up to the coffee shop later this year and they're going to say, you know, your $5 coffee is now $4. Um, you know, it's it's been a, a period of deflation. Yeah. I think, um, are I think one of the things that how... Yeah, exactly. I think how did, when he was discussing inflation, he like really um, nailed down on sort of, well, even if, if, if prices don't rise, sort of, um, you know, then we don't have any inflation, like inflation's zero. So it's got to, prices got to keep going up um, sort of consistently in order for there to be inflation. But yeah, let's, let's move on to the economy. Um, so I don't know if you guys caught Sam Casmium from Frax, who was on the Block Crunch podcast, um, which is the Spartan capital guys. Um, and he 
actually um, said that they're going to move Frax away from algorithmic backing this year. Um, so if uh, people don't understand, it's that mm, uh, Frax is partially backed by uh, the FXS token. So um, it's this mechanism where if you sort of turn up with your FXS and sort of uh, USDC, you can sort of mint a Frax coin and then the sort of more pressure for Frax there is, um, the sort of lower the collateralization ratio goes and the less it sort of goes up. But it's like super reflexive and it's and it, and it, I think they've come to realize that it really isn't sort of optimal in terms of getting people to hold your um, stable coin as the sort of pristine stable coin that you want to flee to in sort of um, times of turmoil. Um, and so they've decided to move um, to a fully backed model um, and they uh, it also benefits the protocol because the protocol then has more protocol and liquidity in order to sort of go and earn fees off. Um, did you catch this one, Stablino? Um, and what, what do you I think? I didn't catch the, the podcast, but um, that the collateral ratio, isn't it somewhere around like 93% backed by USDC? Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. the way I've always looked at Frax and, and handle the most, much of the farm, the stable farming I do with it is that, you know, that potential haircut to go back to USDC, is it being outpaced by the, um, by the, the yields right on the, the particular farms. Right. And so generally speaking, it has, and, and I think that's in part where we, we're seeing some of these changes with ohm right that uh, we need to go ahead and take advantage of the the risk-free rate and get our fracs in um into frax vp right yeah definitely so i, I would we'll agree talk that, about I think that more later moving to fully backed i think was always an eventuality i guess i just had a an intuition on this one that um it was a matter of time right so, but great confirmation that uh, Sam made an announcement on it. So, yeah, and um, and I mean they they've kind of it's kind of the redeem mechanism has kind of been paused for quite some time now anyway, and they kind of traded in and out through the curve pool. But this is just sort of formalizing, sort of that they are indeed committed to doing it. Um, Wagme, you you're a big fan fan, fan of the. Frax protocol, a big FXS holder. Well, actually, we didn't know that. Maybe you just have a little bit. Modest, but uh, modest. what are you? <laughs> um, modest exposure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did listen to this podcast. Actually, it was a good one. Um, Jason uh, did a good job of sort of helping the users um, understand where Frax has come from and where it's going, and sort of getting Sam to talk about what's on the. Um, what's on the path for this year. Uh, so yeah, I think on the collateralization point, I don't think it's personally a big deal, but I think it's just one of these things that the team said, we need to take this issue off the table. And they are, they, they their, their overall strategy there is that um, they, they are trying to um, minimize the, uh, the points of interdependency, if you like. So if you look at um, Maker and where they're heading down the path of, they are introducing um, more and more real world assets. 
and they're trying to have a, a diversified basket of these assets which then back their um, their issued um, product. Trax is taking it the um, you know the opposite way if you like where they want to get as close as possible to their underlying exposure which for the Frax stablecoin is the US dollar pegged to the US dollar. So what they are trying to do is basically get as, as close as they can to um, an underlying risk-free US dollar, which um, in essence means uh, having an account and holding your assets on deposit with the Fed. So, um, you know, yeah, through not... a intermediary trust, it doesn't, it won't necessarily be the like Dow itself, but like uh, certainly like an entity that's maybe created or owned yeah. by the Dow. I don't know legally exactly how they'll do it, but it'll be minimizing the, um, you know, the, the linkages in that, in that chain. And um, mm -hmm. I think this sort of goes to the collateralization point. It'll just, it'll be a lot smoother in that conversation if it's um, hundred percent collateral um, collateralized and it, it's just not even a talking point. They don't need to go through a compare and contrast of the, um, of, of, the FXS model versus the Luna model, for example. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I expect there there will be a um, there will likely be some discussion of this in their upcoming roadmap, where they where they chart out the mechanism that they'll use to go to 100% collateralization. I would have thought. Yeah. And, and that'll probably be some sort of portion of profits over a period of time. I don't imagine all like selling equity in like a, in a sale. I don't imagine they'll just um, <laughs> flick the flick the switch uh, straight up to 100%. Um, yeah, well, you and I were talking yeah. about it um, the other day. Uh, just given that the outstanding supply of Frax has, has tapered and, um, you know, the protocol sort of, smaller than it was at the peak um it sort of lessens the absolute dollar amount that we're that we're talking about there right so it gives yeah. them a little bit more um, um flexibility in how they tackle it i think it's like uh, 35 mil or something thereabouts right. um yeah so yeah it'll be interesting to see die and frack sort of where um, die is moving to the more backed by debt obligations from you know, commercial enterprises mostly, mm. um, and then like some USDC or whatever, um, and then Frax moved to this more um, sort of uh, robust, you know, close as you can to the underlying. Um, Jones Dow, they've launched their JUS. Right. Yeah. Take away for the homies on that. Go right. Yeah, yeah. That maybe with that change to full collateralization, we might consider moving more Frax into the reserves right and have a, a different balance between yeah. die and frax right well well that would make sense because in yeah because you're less less risk and more reward as well right because the die savings rate is sort of pulling in you know one percent at the moment maybe that'll go up but like i can't imagine like the more it goes up the more kind of where um exposed to those sort of commercial debt obligations that 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 make it down keeps taking on and they're not they're going to do that for the benefit of holders of the maker token more than the um holders of the die stable coin i imagine mm -hmm. um jones dow 
Um, do you, uh, let Stablino, I know you're, you're uh, one of the early, early uh, users of their new product. Did you get in? What so did you think about it? They've, the, they've started with the, the travel. I, uh, I, you know, I was not able to um, ape in to the GLP vault uh, before it capped out because um, I was away from my, my keys. Right. And that's fine. So I'm, I'm going to be having to take a look at uh, Redacted's Pyrex um, implementation for GLP, or if, um, if there's some room that opens up in the GLP vault and they, they increase the caps, I'll certainly take advantage. The other thing I did see when yeah. I, I jumped in and looked in that uh, to follow up on, on the JUSDC, because there's some, there's some room in the cap there. Um, I saw that they were depreciating their F vaults. So um, next time I bring my keys out, oh, okay. I'm gonna gonna have to um, unwind the F vaults because that strategy is closing down. Um, so if anybody hasn't seen that, yeah, um, or is in that, um, I I'm not sure what I'm gonna do just yet with that because um, it was some pretty solid yields, and I like the idea of uh, stacking some Jones right in Manageable. the long run, yeah. right. Um, but I think I might um, roll some of that into uh, the GLP vault and simplify. So we'll see. It's very tasty, very tasty yield. Um, so just for context, that's this um, sort of uh, leverage product on top of um, the GMX protocol, which is a sort of perpetual options or perpetual futures. Uh, protocol and they have a sort of a gamma neutral USDC vault and a leveraged GLP vault and the GLP vault was paying is paying 30% APR um, with like that exposure to the ETH um, and, and that is sort of um, can be affected by the success or, or failure of the traders who are using the GMX protocol and then the gamma neutral USDC vault which is um, sort of uh, better neutrality than most of the other products out there that I've seen um, and is paying 11% APY on USDC. Uh, uh, Wagmin, did you did you check out any of this Jones stuff? What did what did you think? Yeah, I've, I've been tracking it. There's a little bit of capacity in the GLP at the moment, actually. Um, maybe not for your size, Stablino, but... Um, yeah, there, he's there's, a big boy. There's a, <laughs> there, there's a little bit that's open there. I mean, it's pretty uh, pretty impressive how much um, capital it's already sucked in. So I think it's an interesting one to watch and um, see how they're able to scale it up, and then um, you know whether they can continue to deploy other other sort of similar smart leverage um, products around the ecosystem. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I saw Gilga of Gamma, who's uh, one of the um, product guys and um uh jones and he was talking about the uh, the twitters in the notes i've got for you guys there um and he's talking about why they they've paired the glp leveraged receipt token with um a stable coin so like usdc and then they've paired the usdc uh receipt token with uh uh, ETH, and he just explains sort of what their thinking is there in terms of um, in terms of having those on and off risk ramps for 
um, each of the products and why it's sort of beneficial to the people providing liquidity there, which I thought was very uh, interesting because it is a kind of um, a kind of sort of uh, mid weird approach um, that I would think is the right one to just do like with like, but apparently volatility is good for LPs. Who knew? Um, and is this is so, this the pools that they've deployed through Camelot? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah I mean, I so, think that um, that's probably uh, a topic maybe we circle back on at the end. But I think this um, Camelot Dex is is a pretty interesting native protocol on Arby. Yeah, I'm keen to keen to hear you guys' thoughts on it. I've checked it out a little bit. Um, it looks like a sort of um, sol solidity for. Um, Arbitrum is my understanding, but that might be perfectly wrong. We'll come back to it. Um, so then we had uh, Redacted and they're launching their Pyrex product, which is uh, sort of similar to, um, uh, well, a similar a similar vein of, uh, of product because it's built on top of GMX and GLP, um, but it's just a compounder as I understand it, and you sort of, instead of um, having to go to the GMX protocol and press the button to like get your yield and then put it back in, um, they just do it for you and they take like a small fee for the for the um, sake of doing it, um, which is pretty cool. I know like, yeah, I had like so many uh, transactions on my tax return, which were just sort of this uh, auto compounding, um, which was uh, very annoying to deal with. So I think it's, it definitely has product market fit for some people. Um, what did you guys think about the Redacted Carpel Pyrex new launch? Automate, nice. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much all there is to say. Um, Wagmin, did you have any any uh, interest in this one? Any thoughts on it? No, but they're they're a team to watch for sure. I mean, um, they. They're, they're another one of these teams that um, has stuck together and continued to develop new things and new partnerships through um, a quieter period in the market. And I think that'll just position them really well um, coming coming out of um, coming out of that period. So uh, I'm, I'm sort of uh, happy to see them pushing out these new products um, and uh, let's see how it goes. Yeah, and they were they were uh, one of the first people into this uh, Jonesdale product as well, which is cool to see. Um, so uh, 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 Stablino let me know when we just got on uh, today that uh, Orion his own fork we've kind of been following for research purposes. Um, they're rugged. Is that rugged. is that right, Stablino? Rugged. You you've been keeping track of this one. Rugged. I'm glad I did not uh, jump so in. So tell us. Right. But, uh, you could see there were yeah. some warnings going out on Twitter. Um, some other other folks were calling out uh, that the uh, deployment address, right, has been a serial rugger in the past, right? Um, I hadn't checked personally, but um, the, the claims on Twitter is that uh, it's the same um, – the same person behind that is also behind this time fork, right? So, and they're brutal, right? Didn't even like launch the protocol to 
to pull the liquidity or do anything like that. They just straight up took everybody's pre-sale deposits and then deleted their Twitter and deleted the Discord. Did you did you see any um, sort of commentary on the number they took? Because I don't uh, know how much like appetite three, that'd be interesting. Three hundred twenty thousand ish. What yeah. that people put up? Yeah, that's fucking crazy. First, it was oh, no. in the first ten minutes. Well, it could have gone to better use in the uh, Olympus <laughs> Treasury, right? Yeah, yeah, it could have. They uh, jeez, you know how'd they get that many people protected <laughs> downside, right? <laughs> You know, but hey, yeah. what can you do? I don't know. Like, I, it's it's just it's, it's pretty sad to be honest because you just think about the the couple groups of people that would have um, got lured into this. You've probably got um, you know uh, new people that have seen the hype and um, you know heard about wealth generation from um, own forks of the previous cycle. So. Um, you know, no, no real understanding of the Olympus mechanism and just um, just sort of aping into this. And then I think you probably would have unfortunately had some some omies, if you like, who um, who again had positive experiences from experimenting with some forks from the prior cycle, who thought, "Oh, I can I can jump in here and make a quick buck." And um, you know, as Stablino was saying. <laughs> I mean, the guy just rugged the pre-sale proceeds. The protocol never even went live. That's so shit. Mm. And then we've seen this uh, uh, Wonderland fork uh, come up on Twitter now as well. Um, I wonder if it's. I wonder if it'll have a different sort of target audience, um, or like a different bunch of people might get rugged from this one. Um, and they, the tagline is Wonderland reimagined. Um, does it, does it look like another rug? What do you guys reckon? I'm not touching that shit. Well, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, again, just having seen this stuff before, um, unless there is a, unless there is a endorsement from Olympus Dow, i.e. a level of um, partnership collaboration like we saw with Klima and um, and Redacted. Um, and on top of that, so, you know, Olympus isn't going to do that just to support, um, you know, a copycat fork. And there is a level of innovation in the reserve asset, so be that carbon credits in the Klima example, or um, accumulating governance power in um in the in the convex curve ecosystem in the case of redacted then there is no there is no um there is no reason for these forks to exist you know olympus has a has a huge moat there already which is um attractively valued i.e you can purchase a dollar for cents in the dollar Mm. Yeah. So I think these things are best to be uh, avoided um, and yeah. don't even waste your time on them. Yeah, yeah. but interesting to track. Um, I think that 320 number, I'm actually very surprised by that yeah. of its size. Um, well, that was, that Stablino... was my initial, sorry, sorry, jump in, but that was my initial sort of interest in Orion was what does this signify about um, risk appetite? You know, where are we up to in the... Um, in the emergence of a um, of a potential new cycle, was well, definitely there. <laughs> yeah, I think absolutely. we can say that. Stablino, what did you what did you think 
same sort of same sort of approach well, to I, the you to know the, I look Orion. at I look at the uh, the forks that I had some success with in the past, and I agree with you. There were forks that uh, wag me that had some unique or differentiation to them, right? Um, yeah, I I wish I would have moved a little bit heavier into redacted early on, um, but you know it it definitely found success with Klima, right? And then it it started to to dwindle out and get more into lucky rug territory, right? With like Snowbank, but Snowbank was still was the first on AVAX, right? And AVAX had the lower yeah. transaction costs, right? So you and a different folks a different group of folks that you know you could tell from their discord in avax didn't even know what ohm was right and we're jumping into mm. snowbank right so do i think yeah. that in the future there could be a fork right with a, a genuine or unique purpose yes but i think we're going to hear about it through entirely different venues you're not just going to see it pop up kind of weird anonymously on twitter and and a little bit in discord background right you're going to see it in governance forums first right where folks are going to uh, reach out and look for information the other thing i i look yep. out for in yep. the discord right is you just when you get these random brand new discord accounts um jumping into ohm and asking a bunch of questions around um around how the contracts work Right. It just kind of raises my shackles a little bit. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> the, the, the reason why I did, I jumped into time in the start was as much as Danny, right. Was a, a kind of a character. Um, he was a known character with multiple projects. Right. Um, so I, 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 I didn't see an immediate rug <laughs> coming from that. Right. So you got to be careful. A slow rug. Yeah. yeah. A slow rug. A slow rug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, the early pre uh, pre seed distribution, apparently, as well, if I remember rightly from, from some, yeah. Yeah. some threads. But yeah. He, he's back around. He's been like kicked out of MIM, but he's like trying to, trying to bring back Popsicle Finance, which was, had some ridiculous fully diluted it was like 500 million or something and now it's like 10 million or it was my first danny coin million. actually he uh he presented to a... yeah you were big in mim and all that stuff yeah he I, I, he <laughs> came and did a um a like a a liquidity mining um presentation with the mist coin with alchemist and so that's how I first came across it, um, with their crucible, uh, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I got lucky, yeah. right? Didn't didn't do well. That. He's a hustler for sure. Yeah, he's a hustler, right? He definitely made a lot of people a lot of money, and 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 if you bought at the top, you you probably lost a lot of money too. <laughs> so fucking red. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right, let's move on to Olympus stuff. Um, we've got um. Uh, the new DAO council framework, I think this was up like, yeah, like four or five days ago. Um, essentially what it is, is the uh, DAO council, you know, they've 
thought about it and they're like, oh, we could have elections. That doesn't really work. That's kind of, you know, creates a lot of unnecessary tension and like, um, you know, isn't necessarily the best way to do things. Um, so let's let's approach it in a different way. And what they're proposing is to have this mechanism where each February the ohm holders can come together and they can either endorse or disendorse the council if they disendorse the council well if the vote passes the council continues as they are and if the vote fails then new elections are held within the DAO and then the DAO will put forward a new council um, for the ohm holders to ratify um, and if it's not ratified the process continues along like that so I mean people might say well what what they can just keep on putting forward the same members no because actually the whole framework the whole mechanism is controlled by ohm holders anyway they can ohm holders can come together and say we sack the council and we don't want to have any more council we want this new structure whatever so um this is just a sort of framework to keep things chugging along i think i think it makes sense um it's this it's a big problem you know do they do, do you have elections is it does it have to be people within the dow you know who's does the sort of nominations like who can nominate um and i think there's some discussion around like how that nomination will happen in the dow um and then we're they've also uh bringing the council members down from seven to five so indigo and zeus are moving more into advisory roles they're still down members still working on the protocol so don't worry about that um and then they're going to have updated reporting requirements um sort of reporting to the community every other month rather than every quarter which it is now um there's a discussion on thursday the second at 7 p.m utc um so yeah um, probably not long after this podcast release. Um, uh, Wagme, what did you think about this proposal being put forward by uh, the council? Yeah, I like it. I think the, um, the council that we have at the moment have been good custodians, so um, I'm sort of happy to continue to support them and the um, and the model that they're putting forward. Um, interesting around uh, Zeus and Indigo. Um, but um, you know, I suspect it's probably more a formalization of um, of how that um, that group is working in practice today. Anyway, so I, I suspect it doesn't lead to any any um, any noticeable change in the operations. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Stablino, what are your what were you thinking about this one? I'd I'd concur um, about pulling her losing Indigo and Zeus. Um, but from what I understood from some other chat, right, was that they weren't um, taking compensation um, during their last uh, round on the council. So I, like you said, I think it's a formalization of, of how things are working now. Um, all in all, I'm, I'm going to be watching the process yeah, yeah. and participating and, and being a good community member. Um, I do like the idea of increased frequency on the reporting every other month because now we're moving in, as we've seen, a, a more bullish market phase. And if that continues, right, we need to be staying on top of that heightened frequency um, as things move forward. So good moves. Definitely. Um, yep. And we'll have a link in the uh, dispatch and you'll be able to go through there and see all the, all the proposal and whatnot. You can check it out on the forums yourself, of course. Um, so then we had a thread from Wartle. 
um, and he was just talking about the uh, profits that they've made. So this was since uh, it's nearly three million dollars since the launch of Rangebound Stability. Um, that holders have kind of you know bought into the treasury. So we have three more million dollars um, and two million one hundred fifty-one. Two million one hundred fifty-one thousand ohm has been bought back, and then that has led to this net increase in backing of three million dollars. Um, so RBS working. Um, Stablino, did you did you uh, you you've been following along this dash? Did you wh- what did you think about this one? We, we RV uh, RVF ourselves, right? <laughs> it's great. So RBS does yeah. uh, protects against from um the dogs that are out there in ct right uh in the rv yes he's always waiting always right at the same time like uh you know temple (laughs) temple had a good move right uh once that play happened but i like i really like the that rvs is functioning the way it is and and keeping those rv efforts at bay or rfv errors at bay so yeah, Wagney. Yeah, I love this uh, this sort of analysis. the the other The other one that's good is um, Moose does a sort of periodic update on the um, the actual floating supply. You know, the, how much ohm is actually loose in the uh, in the system, uh, and the and the sort of value per um, per floating ohm. So um, yeah, I think. Uh, it's great that um, long-term holders or people that want to um, passively hold geome can um, sort of pick up a bit of um, arbitrage passively um, through the protocol, and um, and also I think uh, it, it's obviously been a facilitator for the for the new range-bound um, system that we've got now. So um, yeah, good good little uh, thread from Waddle there. Yeah. Um, and then next up we had tap 20, which is frax to the base pool. So this is Jala coming along and, um, you know, finally, this is, <laughs> I've been, I've been on about this for months. Um, can I give you guys a bit of history? Actually, the original yes. 25 million that was deployed from to convex was actually a proposal I made like a month after the Dow started. Um, anyway, so that's just a bit of ohm history for you. Uh, and we've got this uh, 33 million uh, to go into the Frax base pool. Essentially, the Frax base pool is where Frax deploys its protocol own liquidity to keep the peg. So it's this curve pool with Frax and USDC. Um, so if there's an exploit of that pool, you know, our Frax is done anyway. So there's no point in just holding frax sort of idly in our treasury we might as well put in this pool and i think it's getting about four percent at the moment which is about uh, 1.5 million dollars extra a year um in sort of revenue so that's fxs and curve and convex and then trading fees as well um so yeah uh and it's like sailing through on the vote which is up on snapshot now but yeah there was you know kind of unanimous support i think one guy was like hold on (laughs) whoa um but yeah obviously the community thought otherwise you guys are both supporters i know of this uh wag me what do you think yeah it's good i mean i 
I share the same logic that you do, which is um, we we have this uh, fundamental exposure to um, the the frax um, treasury and backing today already. So why why shouldn't we um, sort of become a little bit more active in the in the deployment of our of our assets there? So um, you know, as a again as a as a holder of um, geome, over time this will just help um creep up the the backing per um per issue dome yeah definitely stablina um, like i said very forward for it um <laughs> what what excites me about this this change right is this is the type of movements that i would expect a, a treasury manager treasury management team uh, to to succeed at driving right in the future so i i i would hope that once those positions are settled and uh, made made clear, right, that these kinds of make sense moves won't be delayed, right, um, when it comes to risk, yeah. right? So that's how I see it, right? Uh, good move and hopefully more of these kinds of opportunities to come. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think... I think what this also does um, is it kind of defuncts um, the proposal I put up for deploying the capital to the Fraxlen market, um, which was the Fraxlen Geome pair was paying 36% APY <laughs> earlier this week. Um, but yeah, I went and uh, hustled hustled up Temple and uh, tried to get them to dump some more in there. I think I think it, it went did back they? down to the I saw that yeah yeah it, I think they did. They're already they're already in it, um, but I think they might put in more. Yeah, they're like they were saying, oh, thanks for letting us know. We'll get on it. So they they might have because it it dumped it back down to around seven percent, right? And I I think that's yeah that's where between that and the CRV pair, right? Those are the two that are, are performing and more consistent with APIs, but um, I've seen them anywhere from four to, as you said, 38% or higher for brief periods of time, right? So, yeah. Yeah, Definitely. well, I, I'm not I'm not as convinced that it, um, it sort of uh, causes your proposal to be redundant um i i actually think that this is that particular market is not just about um you know earning the highest risk adjusted return on a uh, a dollar of frax it's also about providing utility to the underlying yeah. um, token holders so we need much more liquidity in that um in that pool um and at better uh better rates so if um you know, if if Frax or Olympus doesn't um, facilitate that, I expect you you're going to see a um, a third party um, protocol come along. Maybe it's the the concept that um, Zeus had put forward. I don't know those cooler loans. I'm not sure where that landed, to be honest. Well, he's going off to pay for a Sherlock kind of okay, audit good. round. Yeah. See, I would love to see back. that. I'd love to see that get up. Um, and um, you know, then then obviously that that sort of happens through die. But um, I think in in supplement to what we do with excess reserves into the um, frax base pool, we should also be um, um, supporting this market. Yeah, I think there's like a quite 
strong resistance to it. Um, I'm, I'm leaving the proposal there for now. Like it can be sort of reignited from home. Oh, whenever I feel like it's the right time, I'll push. No, it. no. Who's <laughs> but, where? Where are you sensing the uh, resistance from? From the council. It's just I think they're worried about unwinding it, right? Because like you imagine the uproar. As soon as we go above backing, they start unwinding these things, and then the ro- the rates go way up, and everybody has a big whinge about. It. I think that's what they're really worried about, like not being able to. Um, unwind it when when it's above when we do go above backing but i'm kind of like well maybe we never go above backing right <laughs> why sorry why do they why it? would they need to unwind it if it's above backing it's just a it's an because they don't loan. they don't want to be exposed the protocol to be exposed to it while we're trading above backing right? Jeez, they should you think they don't they why? better be careful about <laughs> distributing that message well, I mean, it's well, our, I mean it's that's our... just my reading of what what they're saying. Yeah, it's not... I mean, it's our token, and it's an over it's an over collateralized loan. So, I mean, actually, in in all honesty, thinking about this holistically, if you believe, I got a better in... solution. Than... But you well, got... but if you if you believe in the range bound yeah. system and the um you know the support provided by the the lower cushion and the lower wall, then um you should be more than happy to be lending into a market against geom with a 75 percent ltv yeah i I guess the problem is the floor right so we can smash through the floor and once we smash through the floor liquidity there's no liquidity right so if you're left holding the bag when there's no liquidity then you're in big trouble so i think that's the that's the the issue but that's not an issue until we trade above backing right like I mean, it, it can be, right, but it's not necessarily, like, such a big issue. Uh, we would have to kind of be, I think, at least 25% above backing <coughs> before it's, like, you know, something to sort of have have serious concerns about. But what we can do um, is we can launch a gauge, a FXS gauge, um, for the pool um, and then bribe that pool with OM, right? So that's, like... Um, it's not like as effective as deploying our own capital, but it also doesn't mean we have to go through all this risk. They can just bribe that pool with like, you know, two, three, 4,000 ohm per cycle uh, for the FXS holders and then get FXS rewards to, uh, to the gauge and encourage more liquidity in there. I think like after like, you know, a, a like program of that for like five rounds or whatever, then the liquidity would be pretty sticky in there because they'd be getting good rates anyway. Um, so you so wouldn't have to. And you're talking about the Fraxland market there. Yeah, you can actually. So they the have gauge. a get. Right. You can put a gauge on it, an FXS gauge. I did not know so that. Has anyone done either that yet? Bribe it. Yeah, so they have one. There's only one um, for a borrowing pool, and that's for Ave. Uh, so the Frax on Aave, you can actually deposit it on Convex and get extra yield. Uh, I think it's paying like 1% at the moment, but like, you know, if you got your Frax deployed and then you're getting an extra 1% on top of whatever Aave is paying, which is like 2%, then you got like 3%, which can be, you know, attractive to people, but it will sort of go up and absorb it to the rate that the market is satisfied with, right? But it also means you can lock it <laughs> for... Um, for like a period on 
convex. At least that's my understanding. You can lock it in a gauge. Um, so yeah, I think that'll be that'll be pretty interesting. The other thing on this front is like all the you know kind of MISO um, vendor and um, cooler loans, but then also reserve protocol. I said they're going to do something with Geom, which is um, sort of that Peter Thiel backed um, one, and they do like lots of stablecoin stuff in um, South America, and um, they essentially have this sort of system where you can sort of bring any asset and sort of mint a stablecoin against it. I'm not, I haven't looked at it too much, but I understand they're trying to bring on which would kind of be uh, like I think the rate for that would be actually quite low as well so it would be pretty interesting what I take away from mm. all of that is that for the community I think it's even more important for this treasury management team to come in so that you have the ownership of folks that are vetting these these different plays right balancing out the the utility for borrowers right and the greater the greater value that that brings the product of Ohm for adoption, right? Yeah. Right. Um, versus the risks that that not everyone uh, understands completely or 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 in depth, and have uh, a team that's able to communicate those risks and those challenges, right? As we consider these kinds of updates. So, um, when when yeah. Treasury management. My concern team, is that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree for like deployment. I mean, my concern is that they're not the the team won't really be empowered or equipped to do things like, oh, we're going to go and bribe this market to get more liquidity. Like, is that within their purview? Um, you know, um, because and how are we deploying our FXS? Like, are we voting for the frax own pool or the frax base pool? Like, are they gonna? Oh, maybe they will. Maybe that is within their remit. I'm not sure. Um, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I think enough. we'll. I think we'll find out. All right. <laughs> well, we can ask the council in their upcoming meeting. Um, so then we had the Q4 report, um, which kind of just set out, uh, you know, the expenditures and what the Dow's been up to. So I think the last quarter Q4 was 1.2 million outgoing uh, USD value. Which I think is pretty good. Like I'm pretty comfortable with that sort of range for um, operating the DAO, considering like how much output they're having. Like there's you know some things I wish they'd focus on more or do a little better, but like overall I think it's very difficult to have a complain about sort of um, how the DAOs operated over Q4 last year. Um, and then we saw like a little bit more. They've got some sort of data about the the recent own bonds that were issued um Wagmi, what did you think about the q4 report yeah i think the i mean the overall level seems reasonable uh has there been any disclosure around what what are these legal expenses yet because that's obviously quite a significant yeah, item and uh, i know what it was <laughs> but it's but it hasn't been publicly discussed yet no, oh, I don't think it's a secret. It's the cost of setting up the Swiss organization. Oh, okay, good. Okay, so it's yeah. a one-off yeah. in, in, in essence. Yeah, yeah, it's not an ongoing. That was my yeah. assumption. So, I mean, yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> Go on. Um, I think the um, 
the concept of having this transparency report is great and I love that we we hold ourselves to those standards. Um, I think it's, um, uh, you know, it's important for people to be able to access this information if they want to. But um, on, yeah. you know, in general, I don't think it'll get a lot of um, readership because obviously there's there's so much more um, stuff happening on a forward-looking basis and that's ultimately um, what's going to drive the protocol going forward. But having it there as a resource for people to access um, if they want to understand how funds were spent, I think is um, a really great standard to hold ourselves to. Stablina? Mm. Henry? Um, you know, I think making it digestible with some line items, right, um, would maybe encourage some people to go through and, and read it a little bit more in depth, right? Um, but all in all, um, you know, I, I think this is the type of um, reporting that a mature organization um, should be be putting out, right? So, um, you know, maybe a a little bit more in depth of, you know, on the legal expenses, for example, like we talked about, denoting that it's a one-off expense for setting up the uh, the Swiss organization. You know, I think few people um, in the community are, are aware of, were aware of that fact, right? Um, you know, mm -hmm. I was um, and made an assumption, but, you know, a couple line items I think would, would go a long way um, with this, but um continuing on and uh would you say with this change to the council that we would see these every every other month um or would these still be quarterly uh i think they said they would report every other month i don't know if that means like a, they have like a bi-monthly report i think they would still have quarterly reports about expenditures i think it's more about sort of the projects that are happening and being available and it, to be accountable and ask questions more than sort of um, more regular formal um, sort of financial disclosures like this one. That makes sense. And it's a great, it's single, my understanding. It's a great yeah. single spot for somebody who's not in the weeds um, to, and more on the passive side, you know, right. That person who's benefiting from RBS and holding their gome, right. Um, to be able to look back in one place and say, okay, this is, this is what's happened with my investment. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then we had the potted thoughts. <laughs> this one was very funny. Potted. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's basically, I get these, um, uh, mid journey to make these sort of, uh, I just chuck in like random words from his article and it comes up with like this image. Uh, this one's got this like kind of old guy staring at this red teapot on a table with his family all sort of staring at it as well. So this article was visiting family and it's kind of like a cause and effect, like people not understanding the reasons things are happening. Um, and he's like, you know, uh, the the kind of final he's like goes home and he has all these conversations and then kind of like you know people misunderstanding what's going on or like you know the wrong cause and effect like they're not understanding sort of how reality is working and then the final one is my husband has gone bold and it all started the first time i met you um and then he takes a deep breath and explained to his sister-in-law that he that hair loss is genetic his sister-in-law shook her head and said 
he had perfect hair when I first met you. How sad. Um, <laughs> I really liked um, this one. And I like that it's not, you know, all about Ohm all the time. Because um, I think sometimes we get a bit... I can get a bit rah-rah on it. But, like, yeah. What did you guys think? Um, Wagme? Thought-provoking, for sure. Um, <laughs> I think uh, people will need to read it to, to get an understanding of... Uh, of uh, what the gist of it is, but yeah, he's uh, he's an interesting cat. This uh, this potted thoughts. Yeah, uh, in it. I agree. Um, he's an interesting cat, but at the same time, what what I thought of it was was like, if everybody around you from your your youth, you know, looks at you like you you peaked early, right? But they don't know, <laughs> right? They don't know the real, right? And I I definitely took amusement at the. Uh, the step um this the uh sister-in-law rather right so this it was kind of a dreary read but like i can there's some existential um um yeah i identified with it i suppose all right so good read yeah 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 i um i felt a lot like uh People, when I see them now and they're like, oh, crypto's dumped, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, like, you know, I'm still fine. Like, but I don't want to be like, oh, you know, I'm actually like kind of fine. Like, it's not, didn't really affect me too badly. Um, but like, people just won't believe you. They'll be like, oh, yeah, can I buy you a drink? And it's like, yeah, um, this guy's, this yeah, guy's like... coping. <laughs> yeah exactly and i'm like no i'm not it's it's still real man and they're like yeah man sure 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 well, just just yeah. wait till they and they just wait till they see you in six months time and you've been sidelined for six months and you you're really coping hey i'm just taking foo's advice dca till may you know there's nothing nothing wrong i don't need to be in right at the bottom tick like uh, some of us on this podcast. Well, imagine taking um, imagine maybe. taking Burry's advice, selling everything, going into uh, oh yeah yeah OMC, and then waking up the next day really deleting it. Yeah, he's he's ghosted. Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't take the someone was saying he was saying sell the puts right. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The way I I coped De- a little bit with. Uh, the sudden up of early January, you know, feeling underexposed, even though I, I definitely have more nominal um, majors than I ever thought I was going to have, right? Um, is I, I looked at Crypto Hayes articles, right? And that, that idea that, you know, I, when it comes to a pivot, I would be comfortable missing um, 100% up in the short term right if we had a a 50 percent correction after if we moved before the pivot but if you wait for the pivot um and and just follow that trend right you can get the meat of the move right and and hopefully have a a lot less risk around it so that's where i'm i'm sitting and coping with a little bit now so he's a mature investor wag me this is this is this is maturity (laughs) Yeah, I mean, mean to risk it all every time. Oh man, no, exactly. But um, I think the hard thing is obviously identifying when that pivot has occurred before um, you know it's it's obvious in um, in hindsight. 
Uh, it's kind of like that turning point from the from the top of the cycle into what was in hindsight a um, you know clearly a bear market is at what point did you sort of form um, a conclusion that um, you know this wasn't just a uh, a temporary uh, blip but actually we sort of rolled off into um, into the next part of the cycle so as long as you can identify that turning point I think there's um, you know it's obviously a sound um, sound logic yeah uh, and you have to have Definitely. conviction on it um, so maybe oh, maybe if i develop some more conviction <laughs> on, on turning points maybe listen if it, you, yeah if, safety first if you want some <laughs> yeah i think i think like you know like if you've if you're sitting on like you know some some decent sort of portfolio like there's no it's crazy to like you know try and time the bottom like you can just dca stay comfy um so how so a really good um how press did his like uh sort of thesis on eth as a as an asset uh outperforming sort of almost everything else in the sort of medium term he thinks um and you can listen to that on the blocks works uh podcast um is my sort of pick pick of the week um did you guys have other things you that stood out to you this week you wanted to discuss or sort of something that was really compelling that you read or listened to being traveling uh, i've just given myself credit for um oh. not um throwing money at the fork and not getting rugged so that was <laughs> my, rug. yeah. avoiding a rug was my my pick of the week for myself <laughs> how many rungs have you been in well, too many. Yeah, two, two at least. But I've actually don't think I've been. They never hurt. Ever. Right, I've been. I've dodged most of the landmines. Thank goodness. <laughs> the the worst one I had, uh, which um, was a uh, an own fork, and it was it was basically when the own forks were becoming, um, you know, unbelievably redacted was. Um, the infamous Anubis uh, dog money. Uh, oh, actually, board. yes, I've and, been I've been rugged once too. Yeah, yeah so um, I about which that. was um, thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, yeah, it's Go a on. good one. I mean, um, there's a lot of contention around it still because um, you know the the um, the uh, the great man uh, Sisyphus was. Uh, had his sort of hands on the steering wheel to some extent there, and there's a, there's a lot of contention around um you know what uh what he knew if anything about the uh, the ultimate um rugging of that liquidity but um what was the guy's name the beerus hot belly beerus yes yeah. all right yeah yeah, yeah. Go on. so um you know i think yeah more than likely that guy has has rugged his own team i.e the um the the, the people that were um in that sort of small group that set it up, but we, we, we may never know. That was a good one though. 60 odd million dollars. Yep. Um, and Sisyphus. Was that true? Yeah. You can't, he can't tweet, but the, anything yeah, without true. getting a reply guy about it still to this day. Yeah, exactly. I think two things that I um, have sort of been fascinated by this week. One of them is just this, um, this sort of uh, never ending stream of, um, memes and um whatnot coming from the canto ecosystem um oh, you've, got yes, the, um, you've got the notorious um 
um, rugging bandit cartel led by uh, Sisyphus <laughs> and, and Brent and Sinners and all these guys um, who have been supporters. Yeah, not rug in the sort of strict sense, but as in like they will dump on you, right? Like, well, <laughs> just imagine yeah, tetra yeah, nodes, uh, constant so. images about <laughs> dumping on you, right? It's no, not. that's it. Is you you are right though that they're, they're the notorious dumping bandits, um, and yeah. um, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how this one plays out because, in theory. This is exactly uh, what you would do if, um, you know, if, if you were trying to build up a, a healthy amount of exit liquidity and then um, never speak of Canto again. Um, you know, you sort of poke fun at the concept of, of, uh, of um, you know, the dumping bandits and whatnot. But I think I will be surprised if we look back in two or three months' time and any of the guys that are vocal on this now have... Um, a single mention of um, Canto in the you know in the past month, so um, yeah, that's that that's one I think's been fascinating. Um, and then the other it's one, it's up about eight hundred percent at the time of recording. Well, and if you develop an app and launch an app on Canto because Canto has that contract secured revenue or whatever, right? So you you get awarded. Um, a portion of the fees for all of the transactions that move through your app. It's basically just means that oh, that won't be abused no, at all. It's not like it just means every app developer on Camto is also dumping on you with all of the, the <laughs> revenue that comes in there too. So uh, true. Yeah. So I uh, said, so um, look, we, we will see. I mean, the, the thing is, is kind of uh, all time highs and, you know, very high volumes and every every man and his dog on Twitter is um, is traversing the bridge but um, you know we have we have seen it all before so unless they can um, sort of create a an ecosystem of um, genuine products and protocols over there um, we, we know what will happen with that hot money flow but I think the um, the one sort of um, Segwaying from that into something a little bit more serious, which I, I do think is interesting for people to track down, is uh, small cap scientists thread on uh, Camelot. So Camelot is basically um, described as a uh, as an Arbitrum native DEX, um, and uh, essentially it works um, similar to to any other AMM that you've used, but. They, they've got some interesting mechanics that sit behind um, their um, incentivization of their liquidity pools and then what you can do with the um, the e ecosystem token, which is called Grail, and um, the um, various things that you can do with the staked form of that, which is xGrail. So I um, I won't sort of um, steal, steal um, his thunder because he's put out some good um, materials on it, but go and track down what small cap scientist has has written and researched on Camelot and um, and form a view on that. Um, obviously, I think um, activity levels on Arbitrum itself have been um, have been incredible, and I sort of see this as as basically a, a bet with operating leverage on um, the overall um, Arbitrum ecosystem. Yeah. Definitely. Very interesting. I've been meaning to check out Camelot more. All the cool players are in it. 
Redacted, Jones, uh, GMX, like all these all these guys from uh, uh, Arbitrum. Um, well, I think that's what gives me that, that. That's what's kind of interesting about it. It's not just a um, you know a, a sort of fork of some AMM code. You've actually got a team there that has made real inroads on on genuine partnerships with um, you know with good protocols. Um, and I, I did notice that recent um, uh, link up with Redacted as well. So I think that that sort of adds further credence to that. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah, I faded the um, crap out of Kamala. Right, well... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you yeah, did? No, I mean, I was well, around I mean, when it's, the Genesis pools were starting up and I just didn't, uh, uh... I didn't act on it, right? Didn't act on it. And uh, it's always the way. So that's how, so it goes, right? So it goes. So yeah. still going, still going, still time. None of this is financial advice, obviously. We don't know what we're doing. Um, all right, Omies. Well, we might, (laughs) I mean, they're all right. Uh, Uh, till next week, Omies. We'll see you later. It's been great. Speak again.